0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for December 14th, 2014. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today is the third Sunday of Advent, but it also has another name. Does anybody know what the other name for the third Sunday of Advent is? They sometimes call it Rose Sunday, but that's technically not right, but it, it has been called that. But it's close. It's Gaudet Sunday. Um, Gaudet, And that's actually what color the candle is, is gaudette, not rose, <laughs> um, which is a different color, believe it or not. But gaudette is a Latin word, and we get the English word gaudy from it. Now, if I said to you gaudy, what does that mean to you? Packy? Flashy, showing off, ostentatious. Yeah. I don't know how words change. That's not at all what it means. <laughs> but gaudet in Latin literally means rejoice. Um, it's rejoice Sunday. And so that's really the theme. And you see it in Thessalonians, where Paul is writing, and he says uh, to the people in Thessalonica, um, rejoice always, in all things give thanks. Rejoice always and all things give thanks. It seems such an appropriate thing. The church in their wisdom, and her wisdom, this happened you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago that they set this up to be Joy Sunday and they didn't even know about commercialization of Christmas and how friendly everybody was going to get. Um, you know, it's kind of amazing when you think about how, how they saw into the future without even seeing it and, and brought up to remind the church that this is Joy Sunday. And it's funny because we call you know, when you go see people, you say, Merry Christmas. Well, Mary is like joy, isn't it? Or even if you're secular, you say happy holidays, and happy is you know a, a positive thing, kind of like joy. And yet, somehow or other, it ends up not seeming very joyous. I'll share with you a story. This true story. It happened to me Monday. Judy wanted me to pick up some batteries and um, some light bulbs, and so I stopped at Walgreens. And as I um, was pulling into the parking lot there near my house, um, there was there's a one line of cars that line up along the sidewalk, and then perpendicular to it, there are like three different rows of double cars. And as I was pulling in, there was one white car that was backing out of the front space on one of the perpendicular rows closest to the um, door. And there was another black SUV that was sitting there, I assume, waiting to get that spot. So there was a place on the sidewalk, and so I pulled into it. Or I started to pull into it anyway, when all of a sudden I hear this blaring horn. And so I stopped, I thought, I don't know, am I hitting somebody or what? And I looked around, and there was a lady, a young lady, 35 to 40, um, in, in this big SUV, um, speaking with me. Um, fortunately, I couldn't understand what she said, because I could tell it wasn't good. And I realized at that moment that actually she wasn't waiting for that other parking place, she was waiting for the one where I, that I was pulling into, and and, and apparently it had her name on it because I was stealing it. Um, so I stopped and, and, and went like this, you know, and started to back up. Well, the minute I did this, she hits the gas and swings around, uh, you know, real fast and goes all the way around and pulls back about four, you know, parking places down and pulls all the way through and, and parks so that she can pull out. I thought, that's really weird. So anyway, I thought, well, she wants a parking place. Because huh? I didn't know she was going to come back around. Not. I just went and took the one where the white car was so she could have it. Well, just so happened, that we got out of the car at the same time. And so I said to her, I am really sorry. I, I, was, I didn't realize that you wanted that parking place. And she said, well, maybe you should keep your eyes open. And stormed into the, the store. And at first, I was going to go up and say, hey, don't you know how to take an apology? But I finally said that probably wouldn't be productive, and, and I didn't say anything. But, no, I wasn't wearing my collar at the time, but not that it should really matter. But, um, but it's amazing how, I mean, she was in, incensed about it. Even when I tried to tell her I was sorry, that didn't matter. You know, she was angry. And a lot of the world gets to be that way. And that's why Paul is writing to the Thessalonians saying rejoice always, give thanks in all things. And we know that in, in the church people never gossip or talk bad about people to other people, or, right? Because we don't do that kind of thing. That's a joke. But. <laughs> Unfortunately it goes on in church entirely too often. And that's why Paul's writing to the Thessalonians is that it's a problem. And so when, when we do that, though, there's a cost that goes with it, um, which reminds me of a story. There was this uh, priest in the Middle Ages who um, was known as a, he was a monk, and he was known as a very kindly priest. And so there was a wealthy woman who, who was sort of the, of the upper class of the town, and she um, wanted to make a confession. She hadn't been to confession in a long time, so she was a little nervous about it. And so she picked a priest she thought would be kind and understanding but she was still nervous about so she said she was going to pick one thing she was going to confess so she goes in and she says father i I need to confess that um, i judge my neighbors too often and and i speak badly about them to other people and and i'm critical and harsh to them too often he goes well you know Human nature is like that. Sometimes we do those things and God understands it's not good. But, you know, you're certainly not alone. There are a lot of people doing it. So she's feeling much better at this point. And so he says, so for your penance, I want you to go into town and buy a chicken. Now, she thought that was a little bit odd of a penance. But she thought it was better than four Hail Marys or something. And, and so she's thinking, well, he probably wants to, the chicken. He's going to give it to the poor. And that, So that's probably a good thing. So she goes into town to get a chicken. Now this is in the old days when they used to have outdoor markets and they would ring the chickens down and kill it, but then they just hung it, feathers and all, you know. You had to take care of it yourself after that. And so she goes and she finds the plumpest chicken she can possibly find. And so she buys this chicken and she brings it back to the church and says, Father, here's your chicken. And he says, and what a fine chicken it is. He said, that must have cost quite a bit. It's a very nice chicken, it's very plump. And she goes, I tried to do my best, father. And he said, very, very good. So for your penance, I want you to go back through town and as you're walking through town, I want you to pluck the chicken. She goes, do you want me to walk through town and pluck the chicken? He says, yes. She thought that was a little strange but I probably deserve it, she said. So for my penance, that's what I'll do. I'll walk through town and I'll pluck this chicken. So you know, she probably never had plucked a chicken in her life because she was very wealthy and had servants to do that sort of thing. But she's walking through this town and everybody's looking at her. This woman's gone nuts because she's plucking the feathers out of this chicken and she can't go back until she got all the feathers plucked up. So she said she's going to do the best job she can possibly do. And surely enough, by the time she's done, there's not a feather left on this chicken. So she goes back to the church, and says, Father, here's your chicken, and I plucked all the feathers, there's not one on it. And he said, what a fine job you did. That's absolutely amazing. So for your penance, I want you to go back through town and pick up all of the feathers that you plucked and put them back in. They said, well, Father, that's impossible. How could I... I mean, the wind's blown them. I don't have any control over where they go after I pluck them. I'd never find them all. And even if I did, I don't know how to get them to stay back in again. And he goes, exactly. And so it is about the nasty things that you say about other people when you do it in public. Because it goes to other people. You have no control over what they do with it. You don't know what opinions they form or what they say of other people or how far it will go, do you? I said the woman went away learning a lesson. And I think she probably did. Plus, you learned how to pluck a chicken.